Hello and welcome to the About to Interview podcast. I'm your host, that guy named John. This is a supplemental version of the About to Interview podcast, which drops every Wednesday and covers movies, TV shows, film festivals, and more. You can follow the podcast on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About to Review. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blueberry, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. This show focuses solely on the conversations that I have with authors, directors, actors, and creators, and is available on YouTube as well as subscribing to the podcast. Make sure to click the subscribe button below, give a thumbs up, and check out the full show notes with links to the guests at abouttoreview.com. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. David Crownton is an actor, filmmaker, writer, and creator of the new comic, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So this is something that you and I had actually, you know, been talking about this for a while, trying to coordinate <laughs> schedules uh, for a minute. Uh, Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer, when it launched on Kickstarter, like a year yes. ago, it was something that first grabbed my attention. And I was like, this is incredible. I need to find out what else this guy is up to. <laughs> so I'm very glad that we were able to make to make this work. Me too, man. Like, thank you again for inviting me to be on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So with Harry Tubb and Demon Slayer, uh, one of the taglines is this is a graphic novel blending supernatural action with the true life of Harriet Tubman. I gotta ask, what was the inspiration for Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer? Well, man, quick background about me. Mm -hmm. you know, I, as I said before, I'm an actor. My background is in performing. And I had gone through three rejections for three big auditions. Mm. Uh, one, one for Orange is the New Black and a Steve McQueen produced TV show and then an independent movie called Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, right, just just a little thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. A little, <laughs> little, little indie feature. Oh, yeah. I'm very happy for John Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I was just feeling kind of low and down, and I was in New York City, and my mom just said, hey, if you're kind of stressing out, I think you should take a break. I think you should move and come live with us in Africa. My parents are originally from Ghana, West Africa. Okay. So I did that, and lived in Africa for four months, did a, did a whole eat, pray, love David version. <laughs> right. Uh, and it was great. Loved it. I highly recommend it for everyone. Just live in a different country. Mm -hmm. And it also just it kicked in, it kicks in all your creativity and it kicks in all of your inspiration as well. Like, so it came to me when I was actually watching TV in Africa mm -hmm. and I was watching a, documentary on Harriet Tubman on like uh, a Ghana paid programming biography channel. Okay. And, 
And, uh, you know, I had written book reports on Harriet Tubman when I was in, like, grade school. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, cool, awesome, you know, catching up with all things Harriet Tubman. This is amazing. I'm in Africa. And then uh, oh, there was a commercial break. And in Ghana, there is the commercials are, like, 10 minutes long. Wow. <laughs> Oh yeah, dude. Like, that is a short film. That is not a commercial. <laughs> I know, dude. And the commercials are extremely entertaining. Just so you know, I'm just putting that out there. Like, and also hilarious. Like, <laughs> you, you, you know how we have, like, in America, we have that voice where it's like in a world where, oh yeah, like, we have that voice. There is a Ghanaian version of that. Like, amazing. Uh, so it's like, I think the trailer for, I think. Um, and like Interstellar came on, mm-hmm. and it was like from the director of The Dark Knight and Inception, <laughs> Christopher Nolan. What is Matthew McConaughey going to do? And I was like, uh, it, it's amazing. I love it. Incredible. So, so like I switched channels, and then uh, Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon came on. So I'm watching Crouch Tiger Hidden Dragon. I love it. It's amazing. And it was the final sequence with Michelle Yao and Zhang Zi having their sword fight scene mm-hmm. um, great movie uh and then that movie ends and there's another commercial break and i'm like okay let me make my <laughs> way back to the harriet Tubman mm-hmm. documentary and then i bumped into a channel that was playing uh Hansel and gretel witch hunters and i was like oh i gotta check oh this gotcha out. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like i heard I, I was just interested with the concept and the idea and i watched it didn't like the movie it was a bad movie um, no offense to the filmmakers because filmmaking is very hard to do. Correct. Yes. <laughs> so I, I watched it and then I later that night I was doing a journal entry based on like my my experiences in Ghana and I wrote down everything that I was watching and everything that I was doing and I wrote down Harriet Tubman biography channel and mm-hmm. then I wrote down Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters and then I wrote down a Katana fight scene <laughs> watching uh, Crash Tiger Hidden Dragon, and mm-hmm. then I don't know, like like John, I don't, I don't know what happened, but like as I, I had a whole paragraph of things I wrote, but those three things jumped at me. It was Harriet Tubman, Hansel Gretel, Witch Hunter, Katana, uh, martial art fight scene, and it just like jumped at me. And then I was like Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer, <laughs> and I was like that sounds cool. And I wrote it down, and I was like, but what if Harriet Tubman like moved like Z? and Michelle Yao and those fight sequences, but she mm-hmm. was, like, killing, like, werewolves and demons and, and witches and stuff. And, like, well, she was a total badass. And, like, well, she was a total badass. What if she was, like, a badass with martial art moves that were choreographed by John Wu-Pang and, like, mm-hmm. an Ang Lee-esque directed camera and, like, you know, all this other stuff added to it. And, yeah, man, I just... I wrote it down, I underlined it, and I thought it was cool, but I didn't know what it was going to be yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> the visual of it and uh i think you know i always grew up reading comic books Mm -hmm. so i had bought a book by my favorite comic book writer which is brian michael bendis Mm -hmm. absolutely he wrote yeah man like i have all of his comic books like i think when me and my girlfriend move in together like the biggest fight is going to be where i put my comic books (laughs) I, I think that is a common common fight among a lot of couples when one of them is a comic book collector because once you start working on long boxes, those are not small. 
they take up a lot of room. So it is like, okay, we need a second room just so I can have a corner to put all of this stuff. Oh yeah. Like, but I think, I think it'll work out because my girlfriend is, uh, she's, she's, she's a big, she she buys novels and like, we both live at like Barnes and Noble Mm -hmm. and like old school and, and and borders. May they rest in peace. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Pour one out for borders. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let let me pour my club soda for, for (laughs) but, uh, yeah, she, um, I have like, you know, over 12 years of books mm-hmm. that I've read and collected too. So I, I bought his book on how to write comics and I thought, wait, I should make it a comic book. And, uh, yeah. And that's where things took off. And I, I read his whole book, which is basically like a master class mm-hmm. on how to write comics and how to network yourself and do a business. And, and then, you know, there was talk about doing a Kickstarter and I said, no, I didn't want to do a Kickstarter because like uh, that, that was nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Like if you fail, like behind closed doors, it's like, Oh, it's okay. Right. But, you know, I'm like, I don't care. But if I fail publicly <laughs> and it lives like, on the internet forever, <laughs> it lives on the internet. Like I remember there was, um, a campaign for this guy. He had an awesome idea for in 1980. This is before stranger things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget this filmmaker's name, but he had a, it was basically a stranger things, but set like in, I think like Harlem and it was a really cool idea. And he was only like $10,000 shy of his mm. goal. You know, he had reached, I think the goal was like $40,000, but he had reached 30,000 and he couldn't get that $10,000. And like, because I was like, sorry. Right. <laughs> you know? And I was like, I don't, I don't, that's terrible. And I'm like, and over a thousand people were watching it. Yeah. So I was nervous about it. And then a few of my friends were pushing me toward doing it. And, um, I feel like I'm just going on. I'm sorry if I'm talking to you. No, no, not at all. (laughs) Am I answering all these questions? Yes. That was question number one. (laughs) So, Uh, But I mean, you know, going into like after reading Brian Michael Bendis, who is an incredible author, reading his book, getting the inspiration from what sounds like amazing television in Ghana, when you finally started to take that paragraph of kind of random notes and write out this story, where did you kind of start? When you started, did you think, okay, this is where I want it to end up? I'm always fascinated by that process, whether it is like, okay, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants, which some writers do, and it is great. Other writers, you can tell that they have these massive arcs and these storylines that they want to accomplish. So as soon as they put pen to paper, they know where it is going. Talk about your process with that once you took that paragraph of of notes and inspiration and how that led into the writing process. Yeah, man, like, first, I need to know who the characters are and I need to know who I didn't know who the players are. Mm-hmm. And at first I'm like, we need someone that's going to act as an audience okay. for Harriet Tubman. And I, I thought, okay, it should be a family. And then I was trying to say like, okay, like it's called Harriet Tubman demons there. How can I introduce a world of werewolves and witches and, uh, I started doing research on her her life, and I found this little story about 
when they found out there was a bounty on her head. They found out who she was. Mm. And there was a bounty for $45,000, which accumulates to $45 million. I was going to say $45,000 in 1860. Like, oof. Oh, yeah, that's like $45 million today. And, and so I was like, okay, what if what if someone... what? Like I'm like that's a story because mm-hmm. I can I can make that the stakes are high, and she, what if she, if she has to she's already a badass but mm-hmm. like we always have to te- we you always have to test your hero right in so but what if she had to fight all of that at the same time while also protecting this family and at first I was going to make it uh, a father and just uh, his daughter mm-hmm. and then I'm I'm like no like I think it should be a full blown family like. And so at first, when I first wrote that draft, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll introduce the family. And I also thought about things of what a hero means. And there's not just like, you know, being a badass and saying badass lines. Mm-hmm. There's an aspect of the, altru- the altruism, the, with great power comes great responsibility. Right. Um, those are, and, and also like, my favorite superhero is Superman. Great choice. Yeah, like, Clark would, no one has to, like, this is going to sound bad, but, like, (laughs) no one has to die for Clark to wake up and go, oh, I should help people. I mean, technically, like, a whole planet has to die. I was like, uh, (laughs) depending on how how you want to look at it, yeah. The whole planet has to die, but he doesn't know that. Right. Until he's, like, 30. And he, like, sticks a key in and... I, I I am Jorel. I, I'm mm-hmm. your mother and father. Like he doesn't know that. He's just like, oh, like I should, you know, help people because I can. Like because it's the right thing to do. And uh, also, so I thought about that, and also the point of rescuing people. Mm-hmm. You know, and before even adding like vampires to this, when you read the first issue originally like there wouldn't be a happy ending right oh like there that family would have been murdered right there on the spot Mm -hmm. and and in the worst fashion and you're reading these stories and there there's no happy ending with a hero there there gets to be a happy ending right and i i thought about all those things and also someone that powerful would be very calm and relaxed and every situation that's another thing that i love about superman like that guy is he doesn't need to really raise his voice he's not really trying to hurt you he's trying to save even you the bad guy mm-hmm. you know and just saying just saying very nice like excuse me man could you please not do that <laughs> right <laughs> he's like you don't need to rob this bank because i can you know wrap you in a pipe and bend it like it's paper i can move faster than the speed of sound mm-hmm. i can like top you off with my katanas and i you know know a whole bunch of martial arts very easily even though i'm four foot eleven you know but (laughs) like it it was yeah like um i don't know if i answered your question completely did i answer it completely (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so basically i mean so you had an idea of the whole kind of picture with the rescue angle with the family angle as you started writing out you know the script that would become the comic book had the characters and then i thought okay what we incorporate that real life angle of her 
of a bounty being on her head and then what happens then, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, I thought about other movies that are about being on the run. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'll make this a long chase scene. I'll make this whole entire 13 issue arc a long chase scene where it'll be that kinetic energy where things are constantly moving, but the stakes are getting higher because for every different level, there's a different devil. Um, mm. uh, oh, I like that. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> yes, for every new level, there's a, there's a different devil. And the kinetic energy I was inspired by Mad Max Fury Road because it's like constantly moving. There's right. always something happening. And they think, okay, we're cool. All right, we're cool. Oh, shit. there's a dude with a, a, a guitar with a flamethrower and a whole <laughs> right. of people. And they're, okay, we, we, we're good. What? There's a sandstorm? What? Like, but there's always like something. And, you know, there's no like resolve. There's always danger. Then, you know, mm-hmm. then we have like, but I think issue four things slow down a little bit, and mm. we get some more talking. Like issue three is going to be the, the same type of pacing, um, and issue four we're going to have our discussion of where the plot is established of there being a bounty, and that's where thing. Then issue five everything just keeps on ramping up. Everything keeps on ramping up, and nice. I like doing that by arriving uh, late to a scene, but also leaving early. Hmm. Like, uh, you know, and one thing that I love about that I'm taking that, that style and incorporate it into my comic is I love cliffhangers and that's what always kept me going. Like issue one, I want there to be a cliffhanger. Issue two, big old cliff to me, I think was a big cliffhanger, um, just to keep you wanting more and to keep the questions going and always like also being inspired by Adam West of, well, well, Batman and Robin get out of this. Like, like, like that Tune time. in next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so now, when you were drawing from inspiration, one of the things that, as I was reading uh, the first two issues that, that you were able to send to me, the art direction definitely had, in my opinion, a lot of influence. There was some anime and some manga stylings. Was that something when you talked to your group of artists that you were working with, like Cortland Ellis and these other group of artists, how did you convey those different ideas, those different inspirations in creating the art style for this? Well, I, I looked at Cortland's work and he is inspired by a lot of uh, Legend of Korra and also mm-hmm. inspired by uh, a few other animes and mangas titles and even some titles that I, I haven't even heard of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I knew his style. And I also talked about like Afro Samurai being mm-hmm. a being an inspiration. And Joey's style is very... Because Joey has worked for Marvel Comics a few times. And he took inspiration. He actually brought up, before I even said it, he's like, I think we should look at Afro Samurai. And there was a few... Uh, animes I want to take inspiration from mm-hmm. just to keep because no one looked at slavery from a, the standpoint of it being like an anime as far as action goes. And I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, I, 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 holy stikies, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we, we, we took it from that point of view, you know, like keeping and Joey Vasquez right. is who you were talking about just then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Joey, Joey Vasquez, who has done X Men Blue and He's done uh, a few other promotional things for Marvel. I think he has a few other things coming up there too. So 
and he, he was big on also making it very like fun and making it very engaging and making it uh, he, he wanted to make an action thriller and mm-hmm. I think one of my notes in the script where I said yo man just make this epic you know? right. and he like he ran away with that and uh, I'm loving the work they're doing and I'm very excited to do more with them awesome so one of the other things that stuck out other than the the amazing art direction when you work with a group of artists having them gel together and create a cohesive you know look and feel is so important so that was incredible one of the other things that was awesome was that so far in these first couple issues and it sounds like there are many more planned which is great but so far in the first couple that I've had the the privilege to read there's a pretty small group of protagonists you know you have caesar venus catherine and harriet of course so three quarters of that main group are these strong powerful women so even the daughter venus has her moments of strength and agency which is incredibly important and that was great to see and so i wanted to know like who who are some of those female role models in your life that kind of maybe inspired some of the character choices that you made in Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Mommy, I mean, I mean, mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my mom, who is ironically uh, four foot eleven, mm-hmm. <laughs> the same height as Harriet Tubman, right? And you know, my mom uh, in every situation, in most situations, she does everything with smile on her face even when someone is blatantly being disrespectful Mm. my mom like holds her ground and my mom doesn't raise her voice unless if my mom raises her voice or gets like (laughs) angry that means you really messed up ish is about to go down (laughs) oh yeah like so the heart and soul of my mother was in it big time um then yeah i think I, i even shared it on facebook other there inspirations were you know Whoopi Goldberg and Eartha Kitt Mm, and mm -hmm. uh also Taraji P. Henson um also from a surface because Taraji P. Henson looks like she 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 looks like a Japanese anime character like she has these giant expressive eyes Mm. and uh, I mean Quillen talked about that a lot because he I think we we looked at other uh animes is just as far as style and physical presence i was like so going back to kickstarter real quick and Mm -hmm. and the you know justifiable worry and panic of (laughs) being on this platform where everything is out of the open you know it, it lives on the internet you succeeded and not only succeeded but you exceeded your original goal by over six thousand dollars so i definitely want to give you you know huge props for that because that making a kickstarter goal and achieving that is one thing going above and beyond is is pretty amazing so definitely congratulations for that thank you man thank you yeah like uh uh yeah i think the the goal was fifteen thousand, and um we got to 21 like a little over twenty one thousand, and uh when I decided to do the Kickstarter, it was post it was post um, election day, and I wasn't happy with certain politics in the country. Right. Uh, to put that politically as possible, mm-hmm. um, 
And so I was, and then, you know, one of my friends called and she was really upset about the current political state of the country. Right. And she remembered my comic and she just said like, I need that book now. And I'm like, okay, don't worry. Like I'm doing this thing called black Irish. It's really fun and cool. She's like, no, 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 no. I want <laughs> your comic now. I'm like, Oh, black Irish is kind of a showcase for me. It's like, do that later. I want, I need to see a woman kicking ass now. This mm-hmm. is important. And I was like, okay. And then, everyone I talked to was, you know, very distraught. And, and it, this book was a fun idea to me at like 2 AM in Ghana, West Africa. And I was like, Oh, this is fun. This is for me. Mm-hmm. But then it became more about, um, community and right. also doing things, uh, for harmony and also, Oh wait, like this is a fun idea to me, but this is also making my female friends of color, feel empowered and feel good and feel strong mm-hmm. so i'm like okay this isn't about me anymore this is a bigger thing and i talked to Cortland about it and <laughs> i said hey we have to do this and we have to get a kickstarter together and we have to drop it on cyber monday and he said no it's a terrible idea <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the kickstarters that are done during the christmas season always fail don't do it and i just I, I said no. Like this has to happen. It needs right to now. needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So we we did it, and uh, it was just a lot of when you're when you're that committed about your project and you believe in it, you're not you become you know Han Solo. Like mm-hmm. it's like don't don't tell me the odds. Yeah, you know, and uh, you're taking bold requests request and bold risk every single day mm-hmm. and you minimize fear and you're just focusing on the love and the possibility of the project and you're hitting up people that you never thought you would you know hit up before and also but you're not just hitting them up just to like you'll give me some money right you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, i think it's important to establish a conversation mm-hmm. first and catch up with people and then, like twenty minutes midway, just be like, "Oh, by the way, I'm working on this, this thing," and mm-hmm. you know, and it, it, it was a great exercise in just connecting with people and also being brave in my pursuit of things, and mm-hmm. also getting out of my comfort zone. And we reached the goal the week before Christmas, and wow. uh, and certain celebrities had you know tweeted tweeted <laughs> were on Twitter tweeting about it and. You know, and then people over at Hulu were following me, which was hmm. great. And um, other people that I'm fans of, even like I think Brian Michael Bendis congratulated me. Oh wow! Which was which was like cool, and uh, and yeah, man, like it was it was. There's two different things. There's a difference between I think nervousness comes in two different shades. Like mm-hmm. it's the same energy, but when you're nervous. You're kind of hiding, but when you're excited, you're, you're open like this. So I, I decided to focus every single day on the excitement of this. And yeah, and we were able to meet that goal. And I, I'm grateful. I had a lot of help too from other, mm-hmm. um, nerd blogs that right. were <laughs> and comic book blogs, blogs that believed in it and loved the artwork and loved the story and other podcasts let me be a guest on their show. And mm-hmm. I had a, though what should have been a really scary, intense time turned out to be a very exciting and powerful time emotionally. So I had a loss. Awesome. 
Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that with Kickstarter, I mean, and you kind of touched on it, you know, that nervous energy, that excitement about it. Whenever I see Kickstarter levels and different rewards, you can always kind of tell where the project is moving and really how much excitement it is generating. You had a $250 reward, which is a cameo appearance in an issue of the comic, which is awesome by itself. You had 16 backers at that level. So that showed that you had the support of, you know, like you said before, those amazing women of color in your life who are like, we need to see this now. We need to see this representation. We need to see a woman with agency to have 16 backers at a level like that who are like, not only am I supporting this project of representation, I want to be a part of it. I want to have my likeness and my being as part of this story. That was just pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I think, I, I forget how we, 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 because we this all happened on the, on the fly. We had like a week, two weeks to put this all together and we were discussing the prizes still. And I'm like, oh, what would I want? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, that, that would be, I think that'd be cool if I, if I was in this, you know, if I was in a comic book and got to be in it, but also be whatever I want mm-hmm. in it. You know, so right, I think I'm, I've, I, we did that, and the, the 16 people I've talked to about, five of them, just to collaborate on, like, okay, what do you want to be? And also how it fits into the the 13-issue arc that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to speak with um, the rest, because they've, they've been a little bit hard to get a hold of. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> Kickstart, like, uh, I've sent emails being like, hey, you doing any of this? So what do you want to be mm-hmm. in this? So uh, I'm hoping to speak with the rest of them later on this month just to establish what they're going to be. Nice. <laughs> you know, um, I think they were just like, oh, okay, like I'll just send them a picture. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want to I fit you into like a whole story. Mm-hmm. You want it to be more of a collaborative stuff. effort and yeah. not just like, cool, thanks for giving me money and a picture. You really want to incorporate them into the story. Yeah, yeah, and I think one one of my friends, uh, she donated the two hundred and fifty, and she she said something kind of funny. Uh, my friend Carolyn, she's like, David, I don't know, like I donate two hundred fifty dollars, but like I'm like I'm Asian, I don't know what was going on in the eighteen fifties and sixties. Mm-hmm. And I said, you can be whatever you want. And I said, hey, there's a part. Spoiler alert! They they, they go to like this lair where there's um, a witch's like shop, mm-hmm. and she said, okay. I want to be an Asian bunny in that scene, and I want to have my glasses in it. And I was like, done. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, issue six, it's done. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think you know? that, that means a lot that, you know, you are able to, and not only able to, you're wanting to let people just be creative and, you know, support your art, but also support their creativity and their, you know, uh, desire to be a bunny with glasses, apparently. Exactly. Like it, it's, it's, it's also just fun, you know, mm-hmm. like it just feels like a really nice jam session, you mm-hmm. know, like, yes, you, you can jam by yourself and have fun, but it's really fun to, to connect with other people and, and also establish group and establish community. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I just love that synergy, you know, when I talk to my uh, team, like Joey and talking to Cortland, they have told me, you know, they've had dictators instead mm. of creators when it comes mm-hmm. to collaboration. 
And, you know, I take, I take my cues from, you know, Steven Spielberg, who loves collaboration. And mm-hmm. even, even Kevin Feige, who's the president of like Marvel, like, right. you know, a, a $12 billion company. And they hit up Brian Coogler, who's done two movies mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you want to do black Panther? And they were just, I was listening to one of their interviews and they were, Brian Coogler was nervous. Cause he's like, Oh, it's going to be, they're going to tell me what to do. They're going to dictate my every move. But they just said, hey, what, what, but they, they just said, hey, what are you bringing? This will be, yeah. this is a collaboration. We're here to support your vision, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, it, it, and also, it also, it makes you better too. And it makes you a better communicator. For sure. Um, yeah, like I, I think uh, Cortland didn't like one piece of dialogue in issue one. And I was having some trouble with that piece of dialogue in one page and instead of me going like well it's my rule (laughs) i just said to him like okay like well what would you want to say instead and not 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 as a not as a throwing it in his um court but i was just saying like hey um help me right right nice uh, so just a couple more, a couple more things that I wanted to hit on in both of the issues. There was a particular either image or page that really struck me and that I wanted to kind of give a shout out to. So in issue number one, page 16 was the first moment where Harriet Tubman, like we talked about earlier, is standing face to face, nose to nose with the vampire at her four foot 11 stature. And she's telling him like, you need to get out of my face. And the panels that you chose, you chose to show all of the panels of the characters who were in the scene of this look of shock and surprise of this small woman, small black woman telling a man, a white man to get out of her face and all that shock and surprise. And then the bottom panel is Venus, the daughter who just, just out of nowhere just says, ha, because, and she laughs because at that point she had never seen something you know, like that that type of defiance, that type of agency that a woman had, that panel or those panels on that page were absolutely incredible. That was my highlight of, of issue number one. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Like, that again, a, a hero laughs in the face of danger mm-hmm. and in turn inspires other people, too. You know, like, yeah, yeah uh, it, it, it was it was so much. That was a lot of fun to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Cortland said, "I think that's one of his. I think that's one of his favorite his his favorite pages. And I think the the spelling of katana is one of his favorites. Yep, yeah. A spelling the spelling of vampire and the spelling of katana a little bit later. Yes, yes, like nice. Yes. Uh, and then my my other favorite page. This is another single page. And issue number two, page 19, is this gorgeous full-page spread of Harriet Tubman just leaping into action, two katanas at her side. The motion of that page is incredible. I mean, it is just a still frame, but you see the lines of motion. You see her just strong, powerful in the middle of this action scene. That was amazing. And who was the particular artist of 
of that one? Because I know issue two, you listed a few different artists. So I was not sure kind of who maybe worked on that one. Yeah, issue two was uh, Joey Vasquez took over the art and ink and Josh Bertram took over the coloring. And mainly uh, Cortland had been a little bit busy. I think he... He, he was moving into a new house and also drawing issue one at the same time. Right. <laughs> and uh, he was drawing issue, and his wife was about to have their first child. Mm-hmm. So a little <laughs> so, bit busy. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit busy. No big deal. And Annie has an animation side job. So okay. He was, he was like, he was a little bit busy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Joey drew that and uh josh colored it and i that's the page where i said yo make this epic Mm -hmm. (laughs) and And, it definitely worked i mean that that came across for sure (laughs) yeah man and 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 they were it's fun because it was a whole new team so i had to recreate the characters with this new team Mm -hmm. and uh yeah like so, so much fun ridiculous amount i didn't think i would have as much fun as i did because i had just finished the kickstarter and things were kind of calming down i'm like oh oh now i have to do it oh no <laughs> right and no like then like, it became it, real like, it, this became real like i've just been kind of campaigning and on a campaign trail literally um now I have to do this. This is really stressful. But then, but like I, I wrote that issue really quickly, actually, because by then I had been living with the characters mm-hmm. uh, for about six, seven months at this time, and I had everything already outlined in my head. And then I had wrote, I had outlined the whole entire series um, by then. So like everything, it, it, it just kind of just came, it just spilled out, and it came really easily. Nice, so, yeah. Great. And then, so like you mentioned earlier, this is a 13-issue arc. And issue number two, later this month in February, drops on Comixology, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Issue two is going to come out on Comixology uh, February 21st. Okay. And uh, I know right now I'm in discussions with publishers to do, uh, to to just to sign with them. Mm -hmm. And I know probably going to end up re-releasing issue one on a much more wide global level Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'll probably know that by next week and i'll let you know who it is (laughs) (laughs) uh the 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 hesitation that you hear with in david's voice is there are things and meetings that have happened that he cannot talk about (laughs) yeah yeah, when you uh yeah, when the time is right. Yes, I will tell you. You'll be the first one to know. <laughs> Excellent. And then where can people follow uh, yourself on social media and also the project so they can get the most up-to-date information? Because, yeah, there are, there are some big things happening and, and in the works. So I would love for people to know where the best place to go is. You can go to, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at D Crownson. Mm-hmm. That is my personal page. That's where I share all, everything, all things Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. And you can also go to uh, the Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer Facebook fan page. Okay. And uh, the comic is on sale right now. Issue one and two, you can actually order physical copies 
from a uh, black-owned comic book site called peepgamecomics.com, mm-hmm. uh, where they have digital and physical copies. Um, Amazon slash Comixology has digital copies that you can read with this amazing like guided view. Nice. Issue one is out right now, and issue two comes out on February 21st because nothing screams black history like Harriet Tubman killing a bunch of you know, demons and vampires mm-hmm. and werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> and that was exactly why I wanted to have you on the show in the month of February <laughs> to celebrate, you know, Black History Month and to celebrate just an amazing real life hero and this kind of crazy, fantastical world that you put her in in your work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot to to, to be it means a lot to be reckoned at. I'm sorry. I, you're making a black man blush. <laughs> I do what I can. I do what I can. But you definitely, you deserve it. The first two issues uh, are great so far. I definitely cannot wait to see when else, when the other ones come out. Uh, so I will put all of the links to both David and uh, the comic and Peep Game Comics in the show notes below. So David Crownson, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you again, John, for having me. You have gained uh, a new fan and a new friend. I will hit you up in Seattle when I'm there for when they have a con and we'll grab some coffee and uh, look at some cool art because my friend does theater in Seattle and I hear nothing but amazing things. (laughs) It is pretty incredible. Excellent. And yeah, we'll absolutely do that. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yep. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves.